Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Jerick Show. I am Javad Malik, and alongside me, as always, is the lovable, the huggable, the smiley. I've run out of words to describe him. Eric Crone, how are you doing, Eric? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's a little early, but, you know, we'll get through this. Yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for joining us on your day off. I really appreciate your commitment to the cause. Yeah, you know, um, it is our day off. We're getting ready to uh, to celebrate the 4th of July here in the U.S., which is uh, obviously a big deal. Um, I believe you actually probably have more swag than I do, which is ironic, um, and I might be partially to blame for that. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's quite the weekend. Can you see the bag hanging there? That's a, that's a rucksack you sent me. It's got the, the stars and stripes on it. I believe there's an American Eagle on that too, isn't there? There is indeed. There is indeed. So thank you for that. Although here in the UK, we will be having our very own 4th of July this year because um, a lot of the pubs and restaurants will be opening again after the lockdown. So. <laughs> we, we tried that here in the US. It's not working so well for some of us. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyways, on to our topic of the week. What's our topic, Javad? Our topic is facial recognition and more of the software variety. So there's lots of, um, well, everyone claims they have some artificial intelligence, they have some machine learning, they have some wizardry at work. So um, they done a test, they ran some uh, facial recognition against some of your lawmakers. And uh, what did the results throw up? Let's have a look. So there's this story we found on uh, facial yeah. recognition. Flag 26 California lawnmakers as uh, criminals. <laughs> yeah, so what they did is they actually took every California lawmaker or legislator and they put it against um, <clears throat> like 25,000 records that they had for uh, facial recognition. And it matched like 26 of them to like criminals, <laughs> which was a bit shocking, obviously, to the legislators. Um, but it, it really goes to show, honestly, how... Uh, how we're still just not there yet with facial recognition, right? And, and if you can imagine for for somebody that this is becoming part of life or, you know, as, as uh, law enforcement is adopting this, it's becoming more and more of an issue. But these legislatures, this was a very, very stark reminder to them of how this is just not up to par yet. And this study was actually done by the ACLU. And of course, they put it out there and, and the lawmakers were not happy about this. So... Being lawmakers, what do they do? Well, the next step is pretty clear, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next step is, although, although um, one, one would argue, only 26 were flagged as criminals. <laughs> right. And, and politicians. There, <laughs> there is an argument that uh, maybe it failed on the other side because, yeah. you know, uh, not, all, uh, not all politicians are criminals, just almost all of them. <laughs> Maybe the first farmers aren't. I don't know. So, so um, there's two, two steps they wanted to go through. First, so first of all, California mm -hmm. said, you know, this police that have all these uh, facial recognition. Yeah, let, that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, are, none of them want to be walking down and have like a cop scan them and say, hey, you're a criminal. So here's here's the bad part about some of this. Um, you know, there is use for facial recognition in some ways. I kind of get it. Um, but what's happening is with these body cams and stuff, they're actually in some ways trying to feed information to the officers very quickly, et cetera, et cetera. And if it's misidentifying people, that's obviously going to be a problem. And I think we're going to talk about that in a second here. Um, 
But the other thing that was brought up about these body cams with uh, police departments especially is we're now turning this into surveillance, which it's never meant to be. So they're walking around with these things and they're tracking all of the people and doing facial recognition on the people that are along with them. And now we're really crossing into the constant surveillance from the state. <clears throat> and and that's that's obviously problematic. So yeah, the, the California legislatures, I believe they did a three-year ban. And this was um, this was a couple of years ago, actually. They did a three-year ban on it and, and said, hold on, we need to let this mature a little bit. Um, did it mature? Well, that's kind of up for debate, um, but I don't think it really has, to be honest with you. No, that that's right. And and I think you, you make such a, a key point there, and I don't want it to get buried um, in, in, in the discussion, is that sometimes something is great for its intended use case, which is one use case, and it's very clearly defined. But once it goes into production, all of a sudden, and, and we see this happen in organizations all the time, we, we want this data for marketing because it allows us to do X. Well, that's great. But then everyone says, like, wow, what if we could use this for this and this and this? And before you know it, you've breached some privacy guidelines, some legislation, and you, you, you find yourself in a whole bunch of trouble. Um, we, you know, this, this scope creep is very real. And, you know, this is a prime example of it happening in law enforcement. Well, another example is uh, the um, automated license plate readers, right? ALPR, automated. like. Uh, yes. So there were some issues, I believe, in Southern California, as a matter of fact, again, hey, welcome back to California, um, where they were using this in like malls, like shopping malls. And they're, they're driving through and they're, they're pulling plates on people and, and, you know, looking for stolen vehicles, looking for maybe people with warrants, all that kind of stuff, right? But this is automatically going on as they're driving through. Well, then immigration got a hold of that database, right? And they started using it for immigration reasons, which, you know, again, a scope creep there, which is way outside its possibly intended purposes. And someone went, oh, wait a minute, we have this. And we got to be real careful with that and and how we how we use this technology um, for good, not evil, right? That's right. That's right. And, and I think that's kind of like one of the drivers behind uh, stories like this, where, you know, they some lawmakers are so uncomfortable with the scope creep, they want to just put an indefinite ban on facial recognition technologies to say, okay, let's take a step back and let's try to work out exactly what are the uses, what are the limitations and what's legal and what's not. Because, you know, things can get out of hand very, very quickly. Yeah. And interestingly enough, this one is actually from the federal level. And uh, I did a um, I, I did a media response on this one uh, this last week or so, I think. But this is actually going up at the federal level. And, you know, again, they're, they're kind of going, wait a minute, th there's some stuff going on. And this would actually uh, affect all law enforcement agencies all the way from the FBI uh, using it for, you know, policing purposes, all the way down to the local police departments, which is a pretty significant swing um, when you're talking about banning that kind of stuff. Now, there were some exclusions that I've seen in some of this stuff, uh, you know, with, with these bans, um, where they could be used to, you know, to do certain things um, for identification, but not necessarily, uh, you know, for the criminal stuff, and especially not in real time, like trying to give information to, to officers. Because again, that can get really dangerous really, really fast. Um, 
It can. And and speaking of things getting dangerous, um, you end up with situations that we heard of a couple of weeks ago. And let me just bring up the story. Um, facial recognition got it wrong and an innocent black man got arrested. And, I'm, I'm, you know, it's so easy just to say, well, the computer can't differentiate black people and therefore it which, which is part of the issue. But it, it's it's far more nuanced than that as well. Um, but I mean, regardless of race, even, I mean, even if say, say Eric, you were walking down the road and the, the AI said, well, that's a generic person who's of this height and build and, you know, facial hair makes it also a, a bit difficult. You're wearing a hat and glasses. There's not a lot of data points. The, the AI can actually pick up on and says, Hey, we've matched that with someone that's just run away from uh, Joe exotic zoo. So let, let's arrest him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and 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 given like also the number of like especially like the, the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment is all about um, undue violence against um, dur during these arrests and sometimes unfortunately people have uh, have ended up losing their lives. Um, you know, this could have head headed south very quickly. So I'm, I'm sure that person's really glad they they didn't get shot if it was like a you know, flagged up as a violent criminal with like possession of guns and what have you, maybe the police would have gone in a lot more heavy handedly. So relying on this technology to make those decisions is can have really fatal consequences. And that's not exaggerating the issue. No, it's not. And this is this is a problem with this one where it was really, really ugly because essentially what they did is they took the uh, camera footage. This was uh, someone stole a bunch of watches right out of a place and they took the, uh, the surveillance camera footage, which quite frankly, just, you know, it's a smudge screen. We've all seen that kind of stuff. And the AI picked it out and made a match to this guy um, completely all AI based. This was all done based off what the AI did and the police show up and they start cuffing this guy in front of his kids and his family and they didn't even give him a chance to like, they didn't ask him any questions. They didn't say, where were you on the day of, or any of that kind of stuff. They just went, oh, you're busted. And I think the, the wife was going, what are you, what are you arresting him for? And one of the officers said, Google it. And, and so, I mean, seriously, and, and what it came down to was all of the major decisions on this were made by an AI based on a blurred photo uh, that was taken from a video stream. And, and, you know, how bad can it get? We know that AI has some serious, serious flaws, especially with respect to uh, women and people of color, right? Uh, and, and we see that over and over again, and the biases lead towards that, uh, and, and it just fails miserably. I mean, it's bad enough for, for other people, but, you know, when it comes to this, it fails miserably. It does indeed, and and Corey Doctorow has written about this many times, um, you know, years ago as well. Um, and there was an incident he he wrote about a few years back where uh, AI was being used, and it picked up someone wearing a jacket in July, like a leather coat in July, and it flagged it as suspicious because that's nowhere. And it, I think it 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 came to the conclusion this person might be a bomber or something, and so the poor guy was picked up, and he was subsequently cleared, but he found himself ended up on some watch lists and that caused him a lot of trouble. I, I don't know what the situation is now, but whenever he was traveling, he would get pulled aside. <laughs> I'm no, no stranger to that, but um, you know, you find yourself getting pulled aside and, and questioned and indefinitely. 
and and so there's a there's a very real long lasting implication. And imagine that 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 guy. I don't know how old he was or whatever, but imagine in the future. Imagine he's a young guy, and in the future, he wants to pursue a certain career. And they're doing background checks, and they come back as like, "Hey, you're on some terror watch list. No way are we going to be hiring you." So, so the impact of these decisions, um, you know, we we joke about it. Oh, the computer says no, you know. But if if we're devolving all responsibilities to the computer at this stage, uh, whereas it's not really equipped for that. Um, I mean, you, you take a look at the guy that died in the Tesla crash when he had it on autopilot and he was asleep at the wheel, literally. Um, and because of the way the sun was coming in, apparently, and it, it took it mistook a, 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 the side of a truck as a bridge and it plowed into the side of it and, and killed him. Uh, this is the problem with AI. It, it's, it makes these mistakes. And for, for, for the AI, there's no consequence. But for the people, there are some very real, real uh, consequences. Yeah. And you bring a good point up. I mean, this is probably essentially cleared from his record after they cleaned all that stuff up. Right. So it's not it's not in a criminal record. But I'll tell you this. Um, I have ridden with police departments before in the past. And when they pull somebody over, they, they check somebody, they actually look at the number of contacts they, they've had with this person before, right? So it may say 32 contacts and you go, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, this person's been, you know, so these things, even if it's not on a, like a permanent criminal record, it could actually influence bias during those sorts of things too, because the deputy or the, the officer is probably going to treat someone with 32 previous contacts differently than someone with none. Um, and so even at that level, there's some issues that can happen. Okay, so let's begin wrapping it up and let's bring it a bit more back to science stuff, things that or technology stuff, things that we're a bit more familiar with. Um, <laughs> so, so you brought this up, uh, NIST tested facial recognition algorithm for mm -hmm. racial bias and uh, Silicon Valley problems, I suppose, again, when you have a bunch of uh, of coders who are developers who are all the same. They they only test within their, their test environments. So um, talk us through this one. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, it comes down to how are they training it and, and you know, what's being fed into the machine. But in this case, what they found is that um, it was a hundred times better uh, identifying Caucasians than it was people of colors or, or, or women, right? And, and that's significant. You know, we've talked about all the the issues with that. That was significant. I believe this was the um, uh, the AI from Amazon was the one that was tested here pretty sig uh, significantly. But this really just outlines and and really tells us that there are some big changes that need to happen before facial recognition is used in some of these larger capacities. And you know, you and I we've had this discussion too. I believe that that facial recognition is something that can be used for identification, like in the tech world, as opposed to authentication. In other words, you hold up your phone and it sees you. That's actually a low risk sort of thing most of the time or some of the time, depending on what you're doing. That to me is actually even a gray area where you log in that. However, if something replaces, let's say your username, but not your password. So your computer, you look at it in the camera and it goes, oh, okay, Eric enter your password. That to me is acceptable because you still have that password piece, something you need to know that other factor involved. Um, but I'm not a big fan of using it strictly for 
authentication, which I'm seeing a trend of considerably more. And we've already seen, you know, when the when the iPhones came out and they're doing the facial recognition, someone 3D printed their own head, held it in front of it, and bam, you're in there. Or from the other aspect, you know, not to delve into law enforcement again, but you know, there's issues where people have been, you know, the police can just take the phone and put it in front of somebody and it unlocks automatically regardless. Right. So, so there are some privacy implications to that that are pretty significant as well. But again, seeing stuff like this, I, I have a hard time using it for authentication as opposed to identification in those contexts, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And uh, I think for once, I, I agree with you. And uh, so, so let's not get off that high. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope you you learned something. I've I've learned a lot. Thank you, Eric, for bringing those stories. The majority of them were contributed by you. All of them. Okay, let's be honest. You've done all the homework on this week's episode. <laughs> but I have been using this new Streamyard platform to hopefully get it all in one take, and I've been powering all the things. So I deserve a little pat on the back as well. So uh, with that, um, Eric, any past final words? No, just, uh, you know, uh, it's crazy times, chaos out there, COVID-19, things are spiking all around. Take care of yourself. Remember your own sanity and your own mental health while we all go through this. And uh, I think you have your catchphrase. Send a maniac to catch a maniac. 